Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Libations for Everyone. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts, Ben Kwam. We're here to sip some shots and share some thoughts and have a fun little discussion with, uh, with our good friend, Mr. Laserbeak. Hey, yo. Uh, Charles, you want to remind all of our lovely people what the, uh, kind of what the deal is with us? Absolutely. Well, the premise, if you've never listened to this program before, is we do a shot every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, we come up with a new topic to discuss. It's a roundtable discussion. We like to say that it's a conversation, not an interview. Uh, we'll start out on the zero-minute mark where we'll each take a shot, and then we'll ask a question, and we'll take it from there. We, you know, hopefully you're, you're going to listen to a few more episodes, but if this is the only episode that you ever hear, we just want you to know it's all about kind of hanging out, recreating the bar conversations that unfortunately right now are really impossible to have, yeah. uh, living in that COVID world that we are. Depending when you're listening to this. Yeah. You could be in some utopia 2024 <laughs> shit. I don't know. Or you could be in the Dakotas. <laughs> <Or> you, <laughs> yeah. The Wild West. <laughs> uh, well, uh, without any further ado, let's kick it over. Uh, Laserbeak, tell them who you are and what you do. Amazing. A pleasure to be here, guys. I am Laserbeak. Uh, my real name is Aaron. Uh, my, my nickname is Beak. And, uh, and I'm a music producer uh, based out of Minneapolis um, and uh, father of three. So I'm more of a, a distance learning teacher now than I am a musician. But, uh, <laughs> you know, pivots. Uh, it's a popular then, career right now. <laughs> yeah, and then I also um, have gotten more, as I've gotten older, um, more into music business stuff. So I've uh, run Doomtree Records and manage a bunch of acts. And, uh, and yeah. Shameless compliment before we start. Uh, I had lunch today with um, somebody that works for my company that's moving here from Denver, Colorado. Okay. And uh, he and his fiance were asking what I was up to tonight because they got one last night in town. And I told them what we were up to, and they both freaked out. And, oh, really? Yeah, it literally showed me. They have, like, Doomtree posters oh, at their house in Denver. Amazing. So I love the fact that completely random had no idea that awesome. they even were interested. And watching people freak out is like, oh, yeah, this is really fucking cool. That that is, I had a similar experience because the release party for Matriarch, the RBG-themed beer that we released at Falling Knife, uh, the party with Witch Hunt is tonight. Barb Gettle, former guest on this program, asked me if I was coming tonight. And I said, no, but I have a good excuse. I'm recording a podcast with Laserbeak. And she's like, that's a really fucking good <laughs> Nice. Awesome. I'm Come in highly excuse. recommended. Good vibes. I love yeah, you. Exactly. Good vibes that's, right great. that's great. That's <laughs> great. Well, uh, we did promise everybody that we would be sipping shots. So I figure let's start it out right now. Let's do uh, it. Do you want me to just say what we're drinking yes, real quick? Yes, yes, you fucking should. fucking lame. This is not uh, fucking lame. I got a handle of Kettle One because it's the only bottle in my house that there was more than... <laughs> Six, twelve, eight, more than eighteen ounces of in Perfect. the bottle, and I always have tons of vodka to make dirty martinis, which yes. I'm obsessed with. So this is the we decided this is the comrade edition. Oh, I love so, it. Well, and it's also it's snowing outside. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm wearing is, a Russian hat. You got the hat. Perfect. <laughs> Did you know, or do you just bring? No, it just it was time. Dude, this is like as hey, soon as it snows twice perfect. a week. I feel like kettle one is Dutch, and I don't know how to say cheers in Dutch, so we'll just go with the Russian theory. Nazdrovia. Nazdrovia. Amazing. Oh, man, it's been a long time since I just had straight yeah, kettle one. Shot. I, yeah. usually, I usually mix mine with Red Bull. So this is kind of cool. This is getting back <laughs> to basics. It tastes a lot like my martinis, but <laughs> I need some olive juice. And... Uh, all right, so I'm going to start it off. Okay. So um, 
As a DJ personally, I sometimes find that I can't enjoy music because I'm too busy picking it apart. Mm. Um, who's playing the keys on that? Like, wait, how did they make that sound happen? Why does Timbaland always use baby samples in <laughs> hip-hop songs? Yes. <laughs> Are you able to turn that off and just enjoy music? And if so, who's like knocking your socks off right mm. now? Like, is there anything that you're really into? That- oh, my God. Yeah, this is the next two hours if you really <laughs> want to get into it. Uh, <laughs> Yes. The answer is, is a super hard yes. I'm very thankful that I've never lost that, like, um, that magic, like, I'm a listener first time type of thing. So I geek the fuck out on music. And I think maybe when it's, like, a little bit more in my genre, I, I can kind of pick it apart a bit. But part of the reason I'm such a huge fan of R&B is that it still feels like magic because I don't really make it. And so I don't know, and I don't know music theory, and I don't know, like, chords and all that stuff necessarily. Um, so it's still, like, you know, when the right song happens or the right, the verse goes into the chorus and, you know, you kind of get those goosebumps, like, there's nothing better than that to no. me still. So I am, and I also have never made a shit ton of money as a musician, so I don't think there's anything there where it's like, well, I got to do this because it's how I make, like, millions um, so that allows me, like, I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't passionate about right. music in general. So, yes, I love it. And actually, one of the silver linings in COVID has been that I got, I got a chance to kind of reconnect as, as a listener. And just, like, actually, I got those AirPods or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't think that would change my life. But just not having the cord, like, I, I put those shits on when I'm falling asleep. And I just put on a record. And I, I just vibe out. I haven't done that since before I had kids. So, like, um, there's so much to check out and so like i'm totally the guy that's like spotify fridays fucking you know queue up the next 40 records and then just pick it you know go through it i do though have my like especially it's fall especially in minnesota it's winter and um i have my go-to's this time of year so that i don't get super absolutely (laughs) absolutely so i'm back in on um one of my favorite albums of all time the war on drugs last record a deeper understanding it's so good it's fucked up and I don't even like, like, I never liked that band before that record. They haven't put anything out since, but, like, I, I haven't, like, found that I love their previous records now that I love their most current. It's just this record. And I've, I probably listened to it over a thousand times in the last four years or whatever since it came out. And it, it is, like, um, oh, God. I, well, I was raised up in the church. So it's like church. It's, like, literally, it's, like, comfort food yeah. for me. And, um, and the, the same goes for Luther Vandross. And so it's, like, those two... And there's this one Babyface album. Like, those are the three, like, mm-hmm. go-tos. Wait, wait, no. I, which, which Babyface album? It's his, like, his most recent, Return oh, of the Tender Lover. I, I thought you were going to be, like, for the cool in you. No, you're I mean, going, it's a great new album. Babyface. But he <laughs> only got better. And his, his most recent album, which was, like, five years ago, Return of the Tender Lover, is, like, Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning it's on. Like, my kids, you know, when people of our generation are like, well, what did your parents have on? And everyone's like, oh, you know, Hall & Oates and fucking whatever, Carol yeah. King. Uh, Always Hall & Oates. <laughs> my kids are going like, Funkle, Hall Oates. it was Babyface and War on Drugs. Dude. That's, that's going to be it. That's, um. I, I listened to Babyface. This was like, it just blew my mind. Like I had to stop the podcast three times. I listened to him on Questlove's podcast. Oh my God. And he's, heard that. he's a bad motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Like I just pictured the, the, the soft-spoken romantic totally. guy with like the sweet voice. No, man, he's a killer. He doesn't fuck around. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking. I mean, I can't. They're gonna make a fucking uh, a movie about him at some point. But yeah, he is. He's untouchable. He's the greatest living musician, in my opinion. So, oh, yeah. love it, love it. it. I haven't listened to the new album. Though. I gotta check that out. Check it out. Return of the Tender Lover. Massive plug for Babyface. He does not miss. 
Charles, what are you into right now? Are you jamming out to anything? I've been deep diving. Yeah, there's not a lot of new material that I'm really into. I mostly listen to metal. Okay. But uh, there's been a lot of cues of late in my life that have made me sort of revert to bands that I've always loved. Not bands that I don't love anymore, but, but like going deep into catalogs of things like... Uh, so I just got a new acoustic guitar two months ago, and I've always wanted to play like Spanish-style acoustic guitar. One of my favorite bands is named Opeth. They're a Swedish yeah. black metal band. Both of their guitarists are uh, Spaniards, and a lot of their songs have this like really fucking amazing Spanish guitar, um, acoustic guitar. Sure, really? And yeah, cool. and I just and I want to like I want that's all I want to play. I don't want to play anything else. I want to play that style of Spanish guitar, and I don't care who hears it. I just want to sit in the room in my room and just play that. But it's been making me want to like dig really deep into their catalog to listen to stuff that I haven't spun in. 10, 15 years, because they've been around for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I feel like metal bands don't die, no. unless, like, they actually die, yeah. or whatever, you know? Like they, yeah. But, like, they, they just keep going. But even sometimes when they do die, they keep going. Right. Like, gore yeah. just continues to totally. evolve as they, like, lose totally. people, Very and then they just put more in. A hundred percent. I've... Um, I've been doing two things with, with COVID and having a little bit more time, especially when, when I got furloughed at work. Um, I started going back to... I was really a punk rock and hip hop kid. Okay. And because of that, I missed out on a whole ton of like late eighties, early nineties, like the foundational indie rock stuff. Yes. And there's so much good music that I, I just completely missed because I was so obsessed with everything else. Were you and, a skateboarder? No. Okay. Usually that's the like through I sh- line. should have been. Uh-huh. Punk and hip hop and I was a skateboarder. Yeah. Okay. We, we literally in our group, we didn't have a single skateboarder. Everybody had bikes. So we did like stupid shit on BMX bikes all the time. Yeah. That was like our version of it. But yeah, I literally didn't, I didn't grow up knowing a single skateboarder, which is odd. Crazy. Well, yeah. sweet that you were into both those genres. But yeah, it was, that you was just the thing. known a lot of kids that said they skateboard, but didn't. Oh, for sure. Every yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. my, my neighbors <laughs> had three skateboards in their garage, and I never once saw either oh, of them no. ever ride it's the like skateboard. A symbol. Yeah, I had a full-size board and a skinny board, and I could ride it down the sidewalk, but I wouldn't do shit for tricks. Yeah, amazing. Like, I'd joust on it. You know, yeah, like, we'd totally. get bags of quarters and, <laughs> or uh, socks with, like, quarters in them and try and swing them at each other yeah. on the sidewalk. <laughs> I'm into but that. We couldn't, we couldn't do kickflips and shit. Yeah, so we were we were BMX bikes <laughs> with Roman candles. Amazing. We called it jousting, and it was just you oh, had to yeah, actually sure. ride with Bad one hand and then shoot each other. It was so dumb. That, yeah, it's dangerous. Actually, is what it is. Uh, what? So, what indie rock have you gotten into? Um, there's uh, there's a band called the Weaker Thens that I got into. Um, yeah, uh, Archers of Loaf. Yes, and then um, uh, then he moved, Eric left Archers of Loaf and then started Crooked Fingers, yep. and then he had his solo career. Like I missed all of that. Yeah. Um, this isn't in that indie rock genre, but like I never got Tom Waits when I was younger and I don't know what happened, but like five years ago, I just fell off a diving board in love with him. Amazing. And so there's, I mean, that catalog is so deep that I've been going record by record and I'm, I can only buy one and then I obsess over it until I'm like, okay, I know this. And then I go get another one and it goes like that. Dude. Um, and then the other side of it has been like. I've talked to Charles about this before that I have an incredible sweet tooth for like a really good pop hook. And there's a, uh, there's a British band called the struts. Oh, I don't know that. So the struts are like, i I go two ways with how I describe them. It's either if Andrew WK and queen had a child or okay. it's the darkness minus cocaine. 
Amazing. Well, I was going to say the darkness is what I would think about with Andrew WK and yeah, it's the Queen. there's something yeah, about I love the darkness, so maybe I have to check without this out. the cocaine. Yeah, it's just like it's unabashed, blissful pop. Yeah, and it's so fucking good. I'm just like I can't stop. He has he has that sort of Freddie Mercury range, so I can't ever sing along with shit because sure. I sound like this. Yes, uh, but but. There's something Are you about trying like, the dog runs. Yeah, basically. Yeah, totally. But it's like it's like the feeling of uh, in the beginning of Dances with Wolves when Kevin Costner just gives up and he's just riding his horse with his arms <laughs> wide open and everybody's shooting at him and nobody can hit him. That's how I feel. That's how you feel. Every chorus. Bulletproof. Because you know, like it's formulaic. I know where the song is yep. going, and then I'm like, okay, well, it's not going to be that great. And then he hits it. And I'm like, oh, it's that great. Yeah, that's I just the, love that's that. the intangible, right? That's just like it's the same four chords. Yeah. But it's, but it's, it, I don't care how many times I've heard it. This version of that four is, it's doing it for me. You know, it's like, I've had a ton of cheeseburgers, but give me a parlor burger. It's the same thing, but I just love it. Uh, and then I'm also, I've been really obsessed with Nerdy's new album. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. Local Minneapolis rapper, a friend of mine uh, worked on a couple of the beats and he's another guy. Like I met him before I heard his music and the energy that he gives as a human being made me want to be a fan. Yeah. And then I lucked out because his music's actually good right. enough that, that I should be. Right. There's the a rare, track. The yeah. rare occasion where it's both. There's a track on the new album called Break Chains. I, I'm, I probably listened to it five times today. Like, you it's know how was, so good. You want to know how I was introducing him? We were going to a movie at the Trilon, my, my brother and a buddy and myself. And we went to Lawless prior for a couple cocktails. And he was the guest bartender and was also performing. Oh. And I didn't know who he was, but he was just walking around the bar with like, I swear he had like a little boombox with him. There we go. Oh, hey! <laughs> oh, so you just like stumbled into nerdy land. Right. I didn't really know who he was. I just kind of posted up and had some drinks and he just started rapping and it was fucking great. Yeah. And also he uses a lot of pro wrestling references. And obsessed. As, oh. as you realize, I'm obsessed with pro wrestling. So I was like, oh, so he won shit. you over instantly. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's, it's like wrestling. It's everything that was great about like the late eighties, early nineties. Like he loves wrestling and like Saturday morning cartoons yeah. and yeah, all yeah. that. Like right. you, you can't just not love it. Like I smile. <laughs> I've seen him live three times and I just smile Amazing. ear to ear the whole time. Oh, you got to get him on this podcast. We're, we're working on I it. I got, I I, I'm working Someone through Kyle. a billboard in, close yeah. by here in on, on Broadway and yeah. Central. Way it's to go. literally it's just a billboard that says, "Hey, you should follow me on social media." Amazing. Oh, really? And it's him I just seen that. giving the buddy Christ. It's amazing. Amazing. No <laughs> shit. Well, I shout out to Nerdy doing it. I'm gonna check out that new record. That's great. Well, to uh, all right, comrades. To music. To music. Cheers. That's the road. Wow. Yeah. So on that note, regarding the nostalgia of nerdy's tunes uh name something you hated in your youth that you love now either secretly or openly oh man oh shit you want to buy some time really good yeah i want to buy some time actually because i feel like there's a lot of shit should i just go 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 for for it it, all right my thing is i hated the 80s when i was younger i was born in 81 when i was a teenager uh, a girlfriend that I had, a longtime girlfriend, was obsessed with all things 80s. Like, she and her best friend were obsessed with the 80s. And that wasn't that far removed. And I was like, the 80s was the worst decade in American history. Why are you celebrating this dog shit? But the further removed I am from those days, the more I'm somehow oddly nostalgic for them. Sure. I still think most of it is, like, sugar. It's not good for you, but 
it's still enjoyable sometimes anyways. That's kind of how I feel about the 80s. But even like currently, I just started binging a couple nights ago uh, Cobra Kai, which made me oh, so, hyper yeah, Everyone I've talked to is like, 80s. it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, the acting is, is notably awful, but it's... But it was back then, too. Right. Exactly. Why wouldn't it be? Like, why wouldn't it be, right? Yeah. But it's all nostalgia. Like, the tunes they're playing, the flashbacks, you know, they show Mr. Miyagi and stuff, get a little tear in your eye. Like, <laughs> it's... It, I'm like, dude, this it's weirdly affecting me. I'm serious. Like right. I've gotten choked up in two episodes really? where I'm like, fuck. Did you have to be a, a 80s baby to to get it? No, that's what someone told no. me. They're like, your, your boys might even like it. I was like, yeah. really? OK, I think it. just let them see Karate Kid. So because yeah. I mean, every sure. episode yeah, yeah. revolves around yeah. the stuff that started in totally. that movie. Yep. But past that, I, I think it's an easily accessible. Amazing. It's, okay. It's yeah. Tight. And there's enough flashbacks where even if you don't see Karate Kid. They do flashbacks yeah. containing footage from Karate Kid. Yeah, you'll basically so have seen the whole movie. Yeah, yeah they, totally. They, yep, they, they tee Amazing. it up for you. But yeah, it makes me like like the music they're playing. They're playing fucking Rat. I don't like Rat, but I'm like shit. That's kind of fuck with Rat. Though. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Like I could play some Rat. Well, yeah, it's like you get old enough and you're like, oh wait, we're kind of the same. Me and Rat. It's it's fine. I get yeah. Rat. Uh, that's I am great. Banging my head. I oh, man, see, there's so many directions. But for me, honestly, like. Um, all the whole, like, woo-woo mindfulness stuff. I talked so much shit about it as a kid. Like, you know, especially... So I was born in 82. I graduated in the year, high school in the year 2000. And so it was like... I feel like a lot of stuff in the Western world happened after that. Or, like, you know, we accepted certain things. Like, meditation is actually proven to be good for your mind and whatever. Sure. But I just... I was, like, not having it. And I, you know... I. I grew up with parents on antidepressants, and so I was really just against all that shit. It was like, I, was, I just thought it was mind over matter. And then, you know, like anybody, I was like brought to my knees uh, <laughs> by anxiety and depression yeah. later in life. And, and, you know, came just like crawling to the table. Like, what, what is there that can help me through this? And I found meditation, and I got on a small dosage of anti-anxiety medication. And like all these things that I was just like against for no reason ended up becoming the things that have like really gotten me through the last five years and and kind of like made me feel a little bit reborn and so this is a a very woo-woo answer but like dude fucking meditation rocks well but see that's the thing is is it's even bullshit to say that that's a woo-woo answer because you've actually lived it yeah like not only in your own practices but then with your live shows yeah you were bringing in on your podcast you were bringing in people to actually talk about that and some of those guests talked about things that i had never thought of before and so i think the fact that you're actually like you're living what you're talking about means that that's not bullshit it's that you you can't call it fake right it's not fake (laughs) it's like it's like me fighting against everything and i still am just like this is kind of awesome and I always use the analogy, it's like the born-again Christian, because my father is one of those, and, and I, I just never understood the, the like, passion that people have when they become born-again in any religion, um, until I found meditation, and then I could not, I knew that I was annoying, like, I knew that I was just like, you gotta try it, it's amazing, it's gonna change your whole life, <laughs> and I just couldn't stop myself, and it took, like, six months of practice to be like, you know, rein it in a little bit, dude. You're kind of you're turning people off right now. You should probably meditate about yes. how much you talk about meditating. Exactly. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you also agree that meditation makes a lot more sense now than it ever did because yeah. we need clarity dude. because of just all the white noise around us? Oh my god. There's noise pollution, light pollution, and every other form of 
pollution sort of like yes. surrounding us at all times. I mean, when we were, you know, I was born in 81 and I graduated in 2000. Okay. When I was a teenager, I could go sit in a field. Yep. Yes. Like, I didn't have a phone on me. I could just yes. go sit in a field and no one would fuck with me. Totally. Now, like, this watch tells me if someone texts me even as I'm doing this podcast. Totally. And I have to, and like. it's urgent. Yeah. Like, I have oh, to, fuck. Right. I have to, like, be certain not to look down at it. Well, just the ability that we could hop on our bikes with our friends and ride wherever, and nobody could get a hold of us yeah, right. unless they ran into us. Totally. That is a, that's a real, like, I look at my nephews and my niece, and that's a reality that they'll never know. You know, that'll be like, it's like me trying to think of my grandparents, like, spending their entire life without a telephone. If they needed to make a phone call, they'd go to the bar in town. Like, that's just how that was. And it's wild to think that something as simple as just riding your bikes and your parents not knowing where you are. You're being directionless. The the checking out, the just, like, yes, being free. Um, I know. It is a, it is, it's insane. As someone who's recently gotten off social media, which I know everyone does and then pops back eventually, but I'm a couple months without it and it does feel like a phantom limb still where it's like oh my god like my phone i'll just like feel my phone going off in my pocket even though it's not like i just my leg is it's really fucked up that's real and mm-hmm. i watch the social dilemma blah 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 and i'm broken record but like man shit is wild and i actually um close friend who's um who works with me at Doomtree um and assists me with a ton of shit he's 26 elon and he i was talking to him this morning and he just he did the thing where he went and turned his smartphone in for a flip phone at like T-Mobile. Wow. Oh, really? And so like today is day two and he's freaking out, but he's like, I gotta, I've been talking about this for three years. I gotta try it. Yeah. And he said the guy at T-Mobile was like, you know, he asked him like, look, you know, do you see like hundreds of people like me every week? He's like, you know, I've seen a couple, they all come crawling back begging for their iPhone or whatever. Yeah. But he's like, but you know, give it a shot. Like yeah. here's a fucking $20 flip phone. See what happens. <laughs> How about so you, Quam? Cool. I'm well. I'm obsessed. I I still love battling on social media. It appeals to the parts of my brain that maybe aren't the best, but I love it. Yeah, totally. Uh, but as far as things that I hated, I I couldn't. I'm just going to say both answers because I couldn't decide between these two. The first answer is onions. When wow. I was a kid, I would literally like I would sit with spaghetti sauce and I would pick the onions that I could see out. Okay, like Diced I was. Onions. Yep, I was Amazing. that bad. Yeah. And now I don't. I can't imagine cooking a sauce. That was nice that you without, were a good kid that you would still eat it. Like you wouldn't just be like, F- "I'm not going to eat." Mom. Yeah, you would well, still at least pick them out. I just that wasn't an option in my house. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> if if I wanted to live to the next day, right. you're you going to eat, eat what's there. But like I I remember, I mean, having panic attacks, going to a friend's house, and like a friend was making ground beef for tacos and there was just a full onion in there. And I went in the bathroom and had to have like, like deep breaths. Oh, yeah. Like, Oh my God. Yeah, Cause, because you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be that rude guest. And it's so funny thinking about that now because we just have onions at all times in our house because it's so rare that I'm going to make something and not use one. And I don't even remember when it happened. There wasn't like a light switch oh, went really? off and now I'm okay. And it, it wasn't was, like you got pregnant and then you were like, Oh, now I like onions. Nope. Or whatever. It was just <laughs> randomly. Like I, there was a recipe and I'm like, well, it's going to be in the sauce. It's no big deal. And then I just was like, maybe I'll just try using it more. And now, you know, caramelized, I make, onion bacon jam like yes. i love all that shit oh dude full circle but my my other one is radiohead oh wow i i was so anti-radiohead well pablo honey came out loved it sure then they went in the direction of radiohead yes and i didn't get okay it computer is the second record right uh that no right? that's the third oh, the Benz is the second the Benz record. is the sorry. second record. the Benz is the second record yes and I, for whatever reason, decided that that was going to be the hill that I died on, that Radiohead fucking sucks, and you guys just like it because it's weird. Okay. You don't actually understand it. 
to the point where I got in my favorite professor of all time, uh, Professor Scott Johnson. I love you. I hope you listen to this. Amazing. Uh, I got into a fight with him at a bar about Radiohead and I realized like while we were arguing I didn't even believe like what I was yeah. arguing about but I just wanted to be yeah. right because fuck them and somewhere in the last like six or seven years I listened to OK Computer front to back and I'm like this is fucking genius and then I listened to the Benz and Kid A yeah. and in Rainbows and I'm like oh god I was wrong for so long about this band and it was eating me up inside I, there's no way he even remembered that we had a fight about this but like I did and so when Tom, to when Tom York was on tour yes. and he was playing at Northrop, I hit Scott up on Facebook Dude. and was like, would you be my date to a concert? Oh my God. Because I have to bring this full circle. Otherwise, I won't be. I know you don't care. It was an atonement. <laughs> yeah. I had to do it for me because that was a part of my wellness cycle. It was a little black spot on my brain that yeah. I thought about like a random Radiohead song would come on. And the first thing I thought of was like, God, I can't believe I fucking yelled at Scott about that. I bet he remembered so I bet he remembered. Well, he was really nice to me at the show, and he definitely said that he didn't remember us doing that. But okay. did you buy his ticket to the show? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I bet he was nice. But oh yeah, I don't remember. It's no, no problem. I remember that. <laughs> no, I, people always remember. Oh shit yeah, you'll like remember. That. It was so dope though because we went to the show at Northrop, and then we went to the Kitty Cat Club. Awesome. And we just sat and had drinks, and I'm like. I don't care if this is the only time I get this. This is the best feeling ever. Yeah, this totally. atonement, this yes. kindness, yes. this like full circle attachment. Yes. It was great. Amazing. But the rest of it, it's all food stuff. Like I'm still eating Brussels sprouts. Like it's going to cure cancer because I hated them when I was a kid. You're and now I'm for it. Yeah. You have, for to. You have you to. Had, you probably had poor Brussels fit, sprouts. Is that a Midwestern thing where like I was such a di- Like I went from. The kid that was nice to everybody or whatever, that loved everybody, to my indie rock phase, like of what you were talking about, like big time arches of love, pavement, whatever, Sonic Youth. And so junior high and most of high school, I'm a total fucking like outcast dickhead. Just like fuck everybody, like no one likes, well, you know, to just like snob, indie snob. And then senior year, I have this like whatever, come to Jesus moment. I get back into my hip hop roots. I like realize everyone is actually fine and cool. And then I feel like I've been making up for it ever since. Like, oh my God, I can't believe for six years of my life I was such a prick. And then you like overcorrect. You're like, okay, now I got to reel that in too. Like, um, but yeah, I know that feeling that just like it eats away at you. Yeah. And it sucks. And it's not, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't necessarily even feel bad about what I was angry about at the time. Right. But like, you realize that you you change, and that's the best part of it. Yeah. You know, like we, I think we all get stuck in that we're a thing, and at any point we can change our minds arbitrarily about anything. Like if if I, for some reason, didn't like this one band, and then I decide to like them, like who fucking cares? Totally. Nobody in my life is going to be like, oh, I don't know. Once he started liking Radiohead, many like, people at some stage in their life knowingly define what they do and don't like. Yes, and that's then it how just you is... get types of people that like certain subsets of things that millions of other people exclusively like. I'm not even going to call out stereotypes, but they exist. Like, yeah. the people that enjoy these nine things and nothing outside of it, just these yes. nine things. We all enjoy these nine things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's arbitrary. You have to willfully decide that. Well, and to that point, I will say real quick, like just my in my brief. Uh, dabbling with therapy even so much of it is just like the, the way we do that we define ourselves that way as well like oh right. i'm this way like I, i'm i'm late i'm a person that's always late or i'm a person i'm emotional or i'm whatever and like so much of that is just us creating that fucking image of ourselves and then we run with it 
And at any point, you could be a person that happens to oftentimes be late or be prone to being emotional, but it doesn't mean that you're for life this fucking thing. So, Yeah, we can't just enjoy things. We have to identify with our enjoyment of yes. them. Yes. So many people are like, yeah. I don't enjoy craft beer. I'm a craft beer enthusiast. Right. Like it defines me as an yes. individual. That's so and weird. that's okay because I think like it gives people meaning. Yeah to have that as sort of your social group and what you do with your free time, which makes sense. But I think you're freer to define what kind of person you want to be without fitting into boxes when you can have interests that aren't who you are. They're yes. just things you enjoy. Yes. And they might change and they should change. They should change. Yeah, it's you're okay. Change. You're always changing. <laughs> Impermanence, baby. It's okay to wake up one day and realize that Radiohead sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you or might, the other way you around. actually might wake up in 10 years and be like, you know what? I was fucking right. Nope. Radiohead yeah. is garbage. You know <laughs> it's <Yeah>. terrible. <laughs> Hang on. Let me get on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scott, I was Scott, fucking where wrong. Are you? I was right all yeah. along. Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Oh, no Cheers. All right. Uh, this is a little bit more fun. We just had Halloween. We Thanksgiving did. is around the corner. Oh, yeah. Christmas comes after that. Yes. Um, in the little holiday run... Is one of those holidays more important to you? And if so, what is it that you look forward to? Do you like the holidays in general? And, and why? So almost a, a great piggyback from the last question. is It's Christmas for sure. Or just the, you know, the general like second half of December, basically. It's whatever you celebrate, if you celebrate anything. Um, and I never used to be that way. I'd, I'd freak out about having to go to the mall to get presents. I would, you know, whatever. I just like, I didn't get it. And it felt like such a, a, a hard stop. Right when you're like kind of just as like a busybody and, a, and someone who likes to get shit done. I was like, this sucks, especially in the music industry. Like an entire month and a half is just wiped out. Yeah. And, uh, and then I had, well, my wife, who I've been with since I was 18, so over half my life now. She comes from, like, a, a family that loved the shit out of Christmas. And they would watch all the old black and white movies. And they would just really do it up, like... Um, and something flipped there and the, I got older and tradition became a thing. And then I had kids and tradition was like, Oh, we make our own traditions. Like, and I just fucking love it. And so even though I, I kind of like snipped at my wife the other day because she had already started playing the holiday music oh, like, shit. Yeah. and, and the kids it's were already sure. like putting up the, not nativity scene, but you know, just like the fucking fake snow and the lights are up and, and she ordered another fake Christmas tree and like. I was like, you got to give me a heads up. Like, I usually I think that's, you know, I get a couple more weeks. I, I'm not against it. I just, you know, I need to get ready. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's Christmas, dude. It's fucking awesome. And it's just a slowdown. And the older I get, it just feels like um, it's tied in with the new year, too. It's just like take stock, you know, um, appreciate the wins and the losses, uh, make room for change in the coming year. Like, it just represents all that stuff. And also just like... It's, it's really easy for me to go into the whole, like, Amazon just made a ton of money and blah, 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 and it's all bullshit and Hallmark and whatever, but it's, it is just such a, like, forgiving and kind time, I think, across the world, and especially here in the States. Um, I wish we could extend that yeah. <laughs> a bit. You no, know, like, real. it usually yeah. bleeds into January, and then by February, we're all just at each other's throats again, but it does just feel, like, a little more kind, and I really, I really dig that. 
Is there? You don't have to answer this at all, but is there a tradition that you've created with your kids that's like something just for you guys that you really dig? Yeah. So, well, not with the kids yet because it involves brandy ciders, uh, <laughs> and actually awesome. not with my wife anymore because she's been three years sober. But uh, I still am the I'm holding the torch up for all so of the us. The family watches you drink brandy. I'm drinking ciders. for five. Yeah, nice Christmas totally. tradition. <laughs> <laughs> that's but awesome. it's 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 brandy ciders paired with the movie love. Actually, hot that's, or cold. Uh, hot, hot, nice, hot baby. Uh, and it is. Dig it. It's me and my wife. We've we've watched Love Actually every like around Christmas Eve, every year for I don't know since it came out. Basically, it's the best movie of all time in my opinion. And uh, and paired with like you know a bottle of of Christian Brothers brandy yeah. and, and a, a jug of apple cider. Really, it really, <laughs> it, it's a home run. I I highly recommend it. Quam, do you like Love Actually? Uh, I'm split on it. It's, it's, uh, the first time that I saw it, it was, it really was like just a magical night. We had a whole crew of people that were all at a house party and somebody put it on and one by one, everybody sat down and it's the only time in my life that I've watched a movie with like 15 people and it worked. Like no one talked over it. Nobody was like, Oh, you're going to love this part. Like it was just really nice. So I love that. If you dive deeper, the movie is very problematic for me, but (laughs) Some of those it's stories. It's a rom-com. They're all problematic. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know, like there's the just, formula they, of a rom-com is problematic. Yeah. So, like, it's just one of those. I just have to remind myself to not think about it when I'm right. watching it. And then I find it. I find it fine. Like, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, you're like, it's fine. I'll sit through this. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I love it, too, because I unabashedly love rom-coms. I was going to say this is the first time that three men in a room all love Love Actually, but oh, you do don't. So. I do love rom-coms. Maybe someday. You, you, can, you can get me there. I I'm sure that. we can find common yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually was last year, I was on the Parkway Theater, started a podcast, and I went on there, and they do it based on a, a film that they're going to be showing, like an older film, and they show Love Actually there over the holidays. And so yes. it was three grown men, like, really geeking the fuck out, like, trivia style <laughs> on, like, you know, That's the, the storyline awesome. of Love Actually. But anyways, I just hogged our ten minutes with no, uh, with no, 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 no. How about how about you, Charles? What's your if you got to pick? Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, none. We can throw New yeah. Year's in if you want. My thing, my thing is it's got to be Thanksgiving. Firstly, and for a selfish reason, uh, I'm a November twenty second birthday boy. Oh. So every like six or seven years, my birthday's on Thanksgiving Amazing. or around it. It's always in the orbit of Thanksgiving. I cook Thanksgiving dinner every year. I've been doing it for many years for my family. My family's now expanded my brother my little brother's married i'm married uh we have in-laws so i like to have a big to do for uh thanksgiving dinner i know that the notion of thanksgiving itself the messaging of it um is not you know very clear and it's not very concise and it's not something we necessarily should be celebrating it's more it is more a day that we've transmogrified into just being like a day of family and thanks totally. and like yes you know being being thankful for what we have you know the bounty of the feast the fact that I can put that on the table, uh, my wife and I now, that we can put that on the table, says a lot about um, that, that we're doing well and that we want to share. It's, it's like, uh, to me, it's like an olive branch of like sharing, yeah. sharing wealth and success with people who are close to you. And by extension, I mean, I, I, I should be doing more things to share that wealth with people who don't have it. So that's something that I need to strive toward more in the coming years. Uh, Christmas, I used to hate. I used to hate Christmas. Like, I don't have a good, I never had a good relationship with my father. And he would play Christmas music year round. And <laughs> yes. here's a fun little factoid. Yes. We always had fucking Christmas decorations up on the exterior of the house. Always, always. Yes. Here's a fun year story. Round. So, <laughs> Hollywood comes around, Christian Slater and Marissa Tomei and 
a production company want to film a movie for some fucking reason on our street, on Jefferson Street in Northeast Minneapolis. They want to film. At the time, they called it Baboon Heart. It ended up being called Untamed Heart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they sure filmed it in the summer. and the they sprayed history. <laughs> they, sprayed the, they sprayed the snow foam all yes. over the yards. The producers loved my family. You know why? Our fucking Christmas decorations were already up. They, they didn't like, have we're to good to go. They didn't have to decorate our house. The decorations were already up. That's amazing. amazing. So I, always hated, I always hated Christmas when I was younger. The things that brought me joy when it comes to Christmas as an adult were my older brother, Tony, who's disabled, loves Christmas. Yep. He fucking loves it. So for a while, it was mostly out of service to him, like, let's Christmas it up, baby. Let's, right. What do you want to do? And I always cook like a big Italian feast on Christmas Eve. That's awesome. like my thing to do. And then marrying my meeting and, and then subsequently, obviously, marrying my wife. We've been together for over five years now, about five and a half years. She and her family love Christmas, and it's very much in the same vein of your wife, Beak. They watch the old school, yeah, black totally. and white. Uh, every year we watch um, It's a Wonderful Life. Right. All of those are also very problematic, I might add. Like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. For sure. But there's something, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have an affinity for those types of films either prior to meeting her. Yeah. But now I get, like, those good warm feelings of being around people who are close to you and that you care for and just kind of, yeah, making a eggnog sugar bush whiskey watching watching movies together totally. and eating way too much food and cracking jokes and yeah the gifting can be cool too i won't say unless you overdo it because we fucking overdo it i wish we didn't but i don't know anybody that's like yeah i'm, I'm pretty conservative at christmas everybody's yeah. like jesus oh, it's excessive yeah. for sure as it should be like whatever you gotta splurge um that's awesome. Quam. Makes people happy, you know? Are you going to go Halloween? Are you going to be the no, lone Halloween no, guy? No, it used to be, uh, but I worked in bars for too long. Yeah. Like, as, as <laughs> a DJ an and a bartender. Night. Oh, my God. And it's Just only, like New Year's Eve. And the, yeah, the only thing worse than Halloween is yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, and so it, I still love getting dressed up anytime that I can, because my costumes are always, like, weird and nobody gets it. Sure. But I love that aspect. Um, Christmas is coming around for me. I, uh, being the only atheist in a Christian family made Christmas always a little bit weird when we'd have to talk about, like, actually why the holiday exists. Sure, sure. Um, You're doing the nativity scene. and the Yeah, fucking, it yeah. just feels a little... I, I always just felt like I, I shouldn't be celebrating this with everybody, you know? But um, my sister-in-law's kids have changed my view on that. There is nothing... There is nothing more pure than the joy of children opening presents and getting, like, everything that they wanted. And even my Scrooge-ass heart, yes. I fall for that. Totally. But I am a, I am a 100% Thanksgiving. That's, that is my favorite holiday of the year, period. Because it doesn't come with ties to anything else. I, obviously, the, the historical significance sure. of Thanksgiving is atrocious. But, like, for me... It's a day to actively give thanks to the people that I love and to think about, like, I spend half the day texting people just saying, hey, I'm really thankful that you're in my life. I love cooking the whole spread. I love the leftovers afterwards. I love that there's football involved. Yes. So you can just sit and, like, take it all in. What that an insane holiday. I mean, in America, obviously, it's the American holiday. But, like, yeah, you eat more than any human being should. And then you just lay it and watch football and don't talk. Yep. And it's great. It's so great. <laughs> the worst thing about it is that's the day that it starts that you eat way more than you should, and then it ends on New Year's Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when everybody's like, like, what did I do? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
But uh, I, I, I like the idea that we have a thing that just reminds everybody to be thankful. Because that's the thing that I'm trying to do the most in my life right now. I'm still terrible at it. But I'm trying to be better at It's really cool that the alarm went off when you were saying that. Really honest. I honestly, I I really feel like that's more on brand for this podcast than anything else. I'm just trying. You know, it's difficult. I have my own battles and demons, but I'm trying to be thankful. Drink, motherfucker. (laughs) But that's like, that's that's the jam for me. And I love the fact that I do, I, I am close. Like, I mean, Charles and I's friendship started with like food pictures and food porn. Yeah. And I love the fact that like, all of my boys shine the brightest on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, when those pictures start coming out, it's just, like, it makes my heart oh, I so love happy. that. Oh, I never thought about that from the, like, the food person perspective. You know, I see yeah. that, like, you know, Mother's Day and things like that where you're like, yeah, let's fucking see it. Our first day of school. Let's yep. see all your kids. Yep. Bring them out. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving for the chefs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all of my friends providing, like Charles just said, yeah. providing for our families and saying, this is, what, this is how much you mean to me. That's is I spent you know, days on this right. spread. I'm grinding this motherfucker. For- yeah. The only reason my wife let me get the long-ass dining room table that we have in the front room is because of holiday hosting. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like, hey, I got to get this. We need this fucking giant table it. with the leaf in the middle so that <laughs> everyone can fit. Your dad sits there. My brother sits Amazing. there. You know, like, I'm Amazing. like, dude, I got it all figured out. And I just, I've always wanted a giant table like that. It's, oh, it, and it is. Honestly, like, seeing it, you can imagine how dope, like, a meal would be at that table. But yeah, that's the best. <laughs> that's just the best feeling. You're finally, like, done. My fucking neck hurts. I'm, like, yeah. ready to sit down, drink a glass of Beaujolais Nouveau, you know, cut into the turkey. I'm like, boom, let's go. You're like, just nobody talk for the next 30 minutes. Stop your faces. And then talk for one minute, and then we're all going to move into that room and (laughs) watch football and not talk. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, all right. Well, let's let's pop one of these bad boys. Absolutely right. Hey, What what number is this? Four? Yeah. All right. Cheers to giving thanks. Thanksgiving. To holidays. Oh, man. Oh, I was wrong. This is you, Charles. This is me. Hi. I am me. This is Charles, everybody. <laughs> so the other day, I, like, I posted about this on Facebook. I came to the realization that my favorite heat level for like Thai or Indian food could best be described as I can never use this plastic container again. <laughs> so that's like a five. I call it a five out of five for a brown guy. Like sometimes I got to be like, it's for a brown guy. They make, it, <laughs> they make it a little spicier because usually like, yeah, sure, five out of five guy. And I'm like, no, come on, man, I'm brown. Hook I can up. do it. Like, I can oh, do okay. it. Give All it right. to me. Like, and they don't even totally understand what that means. I'm Lebanese. It's not like Lebanese people are eating Thai food over in, in Beirut. Yeah, right? right. But uh, so that's like, that's a five out of five, right? So what is your preferred takeout order heat level? And do you have a cute nickname for it? Oh, that's great. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, although I'm going to be thinking about this you'll now. Think, you'll think I'll be thinking three. about the cute nickname. <laughs> I'm generally, especially if we're talking like Indian or Thai, I'm going to yeah. go three as the white guy in the room that's like, I love hot sauce. I love like, you know, Louisiana style hot sauce and shit like that. But I am a fucking pussy when it comes to that type of five level heat. Three's like, so pretty respectable. That will drop me. Um, that's just is a it, different heat. Is it always a three, or is it if you know the restaurant? If I know the is restaurant, three, I'll go four. If you four. don't know them. If, if I you, know it, I'll go four. Okay, because then you understand. You have the barometer. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes yep. that's the, the whole brown guy notion. Is sometimes you order from a place you've never ordered from before, and you have no idea what a four means to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I will. Yeah, I can, I can wade into four territory as someone who I feel like can deal with heat, like enjoys heat generally. Um, but I have made my mistakes with four. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
And in those moments, I'm like, I can't believe they offer a five. Like, this should be illegal. You're right. This is insane. <laughs> um, this I is do, a chemical weapon. I will say that I have, like, really later in life, I never even had hot sauce. Like, I come from a family that, like, you know, I'm pretty sure that my mom and dad, if they eat a stick of, like, big red gum, they start to sweat or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, we, we barely touched the mild sauce at Taco Bell. Um, and so I didn't even discover hot sauce as a thing until, uh, you know, I don't know, after high school. And, like, my black friends are like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Yeah. You've never had hot sauce? Like, we put Ow. this shit on anything. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and so then it was like making up for lost time. And now I'm like the guy that has the, the 40 hot sauces in his fridge or whatever. But uh, the just a shout out to um, to Double Take Hot Sauce and Salsa, who's who's based out of Minnesota. Ooh, yeah, I do not know them. They've yeah. got a deal now with Target and everything. It's fucking amazing. Sweet. And they make this like uh, scotch bonnet mustard, which doesn't taste like mustard. That is like it's just heat, but it works on everything. And want, it's like, I, want, I put I it want. on my Chinese food last night. I put it on my pasta. I put it on whatever. Just like a couple drops. Nice. And it's just oh, like, yeah. anyways. Scotch bonnet mustard. Woo. Dude, I'm in. I'm yeah. into that. That's my jam. Absolutely. I, uh, I've, I've hurt myself a couple times. I, I, there's, a, there's a jackass portion of me that like, I'll go for anything. And I was, uh, we had a, actually a hot yeah, sauce party. You ate that party. fucking pepper at the I hot sauce party. I ate that fucking pepper. Oh, you, that you're I the missed, guy that eats the pepper. It's the second hottest pepper on earth. What was it? A Carolina Reaper? What no, it? it's, it's, it has some funky name. There's the name. another local shout out. Um, Seven Pot Peppers oh my God. is in South Minneapolis. And they literally ship peppers around the world. No shit. They grow them all in, in their front backyards. And then they make hot sauces. They make salsas. But then they also dry the peppers and ship them. Amazing. And uh, one of our buddies was walking to the hot sauce party. We literally have a party where everybody makes a hot sauce. And then you yeah. bring a food with and try and eat them together. And he was walking there, and he walked by that guy's yard, and he's like, what do you got? And he's like, I'm going to a hot sauce party. You want a bottle? Here you go. And he's like, well, here, take this. It's the second hottest pepper on earth. So he showed up, and immediately, the sad part is, like, I know that about myself, and I knew I was going to do it. The minute he walked in with that, I said to myself, like, God, you're going to fucking eat here that. Here we go. Okay, well, we did. And, <laughs> I mean, that was like 25 minutes of legitimate pain. Oh. Where I could feel... And then 25 <laughs> minutes of legitimate pain well, the next morning yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. Ring stings real. On the way, real. On the way out. <laughs> but it, the funniest part, though, is that still was not as uncomfortable as um, the first time that I went to Gandhi Mahal. I was craving something hot because I had a cold. Sure. And I, I asked them to make it kitchen hot. And the guy, I'm, I'm That's not going to... That's how I get my lamb vindaloo from them, actually. I'm only going right? to do this yeah. because we have a, a record of me doing poor impressions. Okay, yeah. But the, the, the <laughs> waiter, the, the, really the server looked at me and said, yeah. my friend, I would not recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, I know what you're saying. I love really spicy things. And honestly, I just want to go there. And he's like, okay. So the food comes out and I look up. And this is when I knew I was fucked. I look up and two of the dudes from the kitchen. I was going to say they're yeah, looking everyone's... out the door, like, "Oh, the fat white guy's going to do it!" And I, I tapped out. I, I ate like three solid helpings. What was the dish? Um, I th- do you remember? No, it was something. It was something vegetarian because my friend Alexis was with. Okay. okay. So we had ordered all. I'm sure it was some some like it was a thick sauce. Some sort of gravy, and uh, it was, I, I would assume mock duck would have been the protein in there. But it was like, it, was, it wasn't, it, there was no, f- I couldn't taste anything. I was sweating profusely. My pulse was like through the roof. 
And I was like, okay, I'm honestly kind of concerned for my own mental health right, right. now. I'm going to tap out on that Physical one. Physical health. We yeah. just ordered some more stuff, and it was fine. And I went back like, oh, maybe. No, I can't. No, that's this Oh, my God. And, like, the guy was like, actually, I'm, I'm impressed. Like, he you was, didn't keel over and die. Yeah, I, I, I made it through that meal. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was – that's just too much for me. So I'll go right up to that. I'll do, like, four into five. But I have to know. I'll go four Depends until I try the stuff. But yeah. do you have, okay, so this is the second parter. Do you have a nickname for four? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I say I want, it, <laughs> I want it hot enough that this shouldn't be my skin tone. Is literally amazing. I've, I've literally yeah. said that That's before. Solid. So you've yep. got brown guy hot. Is that your nickname? Sure. Let's yeah. Or whatever for your thing. And you're like, okay, I want see. non-white guy hot. Yeah, I want non-white guy. Amazing. Heat. Yeah, I go through waves where I escalate, where I'm just like, I, I need to get destroyed by heat. And actually, it's been, it's been since February that I felt like that when I was in Vegas and had uh, some jerk chicken at this dope-ass jamaican cocktail bar called jammy land they had these amazing smoked jerk wings that were hot as fuck and right when i came home i was like nope hot food all the time and since then i've been like trying to get the hottest food i can yeah and that's when i order from gandhi mahal i put in the notes like because i do five out of five and i'm like give me a real five please and one day i ordered the lamb vindaloo after uh i think it was a vikes game this was probably prior to february but after a Vikes game, it was when we lost to the Niners in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I came home. I was buzzed up. I was hungry. I hadn't eaten. I was kind of pissed off. Yeah, I needed definitely. some fire. I needed to eat fire instead of spit fire. So I was like, <laughs> all right, give me a five out of five interview. And I put in the notes, like, this is the first time I did it. Like, make sure it's a real five, please. Winky face, right? So it shows up in the container. I dump it out over the rice. The container is, like, pliable in my hands. No shit. Like, it was, it was melted. And it was red. It was still red, like I hadn't poured anything out. Marnie looks at me and says, hey, what did you order? That smells pretty good. You think I could try it? I was like, don't come. Don't even like hover over this. You will be gassed out. And it was, yeah, it was pretty brutal. I don't know if it was as hot as the vegetable thing. I know you can eat really hot food. Yeah. There might have been something that day that was, but it's, it is blistering. But I think like you have to keep eating it because if you stop, your, right. your tongue hurs. Yep. It's like the you need weird to keep touching your tongue. principle where you're like, well, I'm going to have to get another bag somehow because <laughs> yeah. I can never stop. I have to For keep sure. consuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they make it that hot, but like a lamb vindaloo with like that dark oily sauce. Just that that gets me every I time. I think it's because I've eaten a Gandhi Mahal plenty of times. I think it's because I challenged the kitchen because totally. I said I want a kitchen like, hot, not you, like five out of five right. hot. So yeah, they were see. like, oh, let's see this right. white boy. Because yep, yeah. that'll happen. Yeah. I um Kitchen hot. That, but that's <laughs> that, that euphoric sweat is my, that's probably my favorite feeling. Like I would take that over a buzz from drinking 10 yeah. times out of 10. Yeah, I yeah. love that feeling of like, I came close to the edge and I might have towed yeah, over yeah. the line and then I came back and it's oh I love Such a weird thing. It, like it's a different gland I feel like it comes from a weird place in your forehead yeah, where it, you're like oh my god now we're just going alleg- allegedly we have different biological responses as human beings to the sensation of capsaicin heat we either find it exhilarating or we find it uh, to make us feel a sense of danger, sure, yeah. like but a bad, bad kind of danger, yeah. like uh, it's emergent. Like, nope, this isn't right. right. Fight or and then, of course, there are, there are people who like the lining of their stomach or ulcers or acid reflux or it's a whole different thing. Those are all different things. But as far as like the enjoyment, if you can process it, which fortunately, like if that ever ends, I'll be so fucking oh. sad because <laughs> I love it. I actually told Marnie earlier because we ordered from Dipped in Debris for dinner, and nice. I got their new fried chicken sandwich which is called Deontay's Inferno. 
And oh. it's, it's, so it's Tennessee hot and it's got pickled jalapenos on it and stuff. And it was, it was very mild compared to my diet recently. Yeah. And I looked at Marnie and I was like, I don't remember the last time I had a meal that wasn't really spicy. Because I made jerk chicken, like a legit, authentic jerk chicken yeah. with like a street vendor's recipe last Friday. And I ate that for like six straight meals. Well, and that gets hotter as it sits, right? Oh, man. That, it's, it's hot. We use, I used scotch bonnets and ahi chambos that I got nice. from a friend. Ahi chambos are like hotter scotch bonnets. Jesus. And it was, it was nice and hot. It was really good. I, uh, my first restaurant management job was at Buffalo Wild Wings. Amazing. I'm and a huge fan. I, uh, I also am still a fan to this day. The Caribbean jerk and spicy garlic are two of my yeah. favorite sauces that I try to recreate Classics. at home. And uh, Blazin um, is habanero oil. Trying like, to get that sponsorship. Yeah, right? <laughs> B-dubs. <laughs> um, so if you let Blazin sit in an open container, which you, know, you do for tossing the wings, um, it's, it's hot with habanero oil. And the oil will separate oh, out yeah. overnight. So they have to stir it back up. And when I would be training new employees, in, my, I'd always end the tour in the kitchen. And habanero oil is flammable. So I'd take a cup and I'd make a big cue on the grill. Yes. And then you'd light the grill. I'd be like, whose house is this? And it was just a flaming oh, cue. I'm like, got it. And oh, my God. Were you like the national trainer of Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> I, like, I literally worked at a training store, and I trained in other flair. managers at 22 that's or great. 23. A horrible idea to give you the keys to well. that kitchen. But it was, it was a great learning experience. But one of the things you have to do as a manager is you have to eat six blazing wings so that you understand what you're giving other people sure. and you understand that, hey, this isn't like fucking around. Like if somebody yeah. grabs this sauce and wipes it in their eye, like it's going to be bad. And uh, I was one of the few managers that enjoyed it. It was hot as fuck, but I enjoyed it. And my first time really learning how different people are with their hot sauces, there were two uh, Indian women that would come in on Thursdays and they'd have lunch together and they would each get 12 blazing wings, zero drink. Yeah. And they'd crush 12 blazing wings each while having the greatest conversation ever, laughing hysterically, and they'd leave 25% as a tip, and then they'd take off. And I would stand, I, I must have looked like David Attenborough <laughs> as they're filming like Planet Earth, because I was like, how, wait, how, you can't, what the, how? Right. No, and to no them, like jug of milk by no, their side. Yeah, those are no. the same wings. Not even a dab of a yeah. paper towel. Like it was, it, they, they could have been dry rub, like ranch totally. seasoning. And it would have been the same response. It was a garden salad. And that was when I was like, okay, I feel like I need to push myself a little bit more. And then that's all it was, was just trying mm -hmm. different spices yeah. and figuring out like, where your palate is. And there's heat acclimation. And if you're raised eating that stuff. Yeah. Like totally. when I was a kid, I'd eat pickled peppers that my parents would make with like cauliflower and um, carrots and celery in it. But there'd be just whatever chilies from the garden. I'd crack open the jar when I was like four years old and just start chomping on those peppers and i just got a i think i just got a uh, a taste for that very early on and just <laughs> i feel like it's very different from, totally, I'm, I'm not trying to totally. speak for you i was like we'll all as a family share one packet of mild sauce from <laughs> yeah. taco bell my mom to this day my mother I, I i love her dearly but my mother still refers to you know the um the four cheese blend that they call like taco cheese yeah. it's it's like monterey jack and cheddar and yeah. a couple yeah, others yeah. Yeah, uh, just and like then, in Mexico, right? And then there's like a little, yeah, a little dusting of cumin on there. Right. My mom yeah. still refers to that as spicy cheese. Yeah. She's like, oh, did you get the spicy cheese? Right. <laughs> like it's, there's not even heat. It's literally just totally. spiced cheese. It has cumin in it. <laughs> yeah, my mom will choke from black pepper. And I swear she, ate, she used to eat hot peppers. I'm like, at some point did she turn the corner where 
black pepper became super hot yeah, for her. Exactly. What she, like start coughing Dude, violently. I'm it like, was amazing. Wow, While we're shouting it's out just big black pepper. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I got to pour shots. Oh yeah. While we're oh, shouting yeah. out big chain restaurants, though, I got to shout out the Taco Bell in Richfield because I recently Taco Bell used to be like a part of my diet. And wait, now wait, it's wait, been a wait while. which which Taco Bell? It's the one on like off sixty two kind of uh, in Richfield. I think I don't know somewhere over there. Okay. Uh, I went there two weeks ago because me and my wife are trying out this this in you know at home date night thing where it's like our marriage counselor is like you know just you alternate and you just pick the food in the movie and you just the other person just is like willing to go there with you and so I was like we're doing Taco Bell baby. yeah and I went there and I asked the dude at the drive thru for an ungodly amount of fire sauce and and I was like. You know, I will absolutely pay for it. I'm not talking about like a handful. Like I need a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. And there, he was, there was a pause and then there was just a like, I got you on the fire sauce, man. And I like drove up, different dude that's handing me the food. And I was like, you know, like a lot of fire sauce. I don't know. Like, I, you know, broken record, whatever. And he was like, give me a second. And then like there was a, a five minutes went by and then he just came by with like a fucking bag. And He's full of them. We still were using that shit on like our eggs, like. You're Those guys hero. fucking crushed it. Uh, that was a service that I can, you know, you can't pay for it. Can I double down on a Taco Bell shout out? <laughs> so th- this is a this is a, a rest in peace. Uh, my favorite total guilty pleasure food item at Taco Bell was the chili cheese burrito. Yeah, which is no no more, no more. F- now that the the menus have switched. And the Taco Bell on three ninety four in Louisiana, if you asked, would put fire sauce in it. Amazing for you and Amazing. wrap it up. And that was hands down my favorite fast food item on earth for years. Like, I'm not in any way, shape, or form proud of this. I literally got my DUI because I had to go to Taco Bell to get that. That's how important that fucking thing was to me. Taco Bell can be a double-edged sword. I will say I earned it, and I I am still feeling awful about it. I'm not trying to make light of that. Yes. But I do have to let you know that it was that important to me. You can go to that extreme. (laughs) Well, and and Charles, to your point with, like, just the different um, body types and the way that we process things, like, uh, I have yet to smoke crack in my life, uh, and it's been a good run so far, knock on wood. Shout out to Portland. (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> um, the feeling of like fire sauce on my gums is a, is a tingling sensation that I haven't felt from any other heat. And I don't know if that's like processed chemicals or the type <laughs> of, you know, pepper or spice that they put in that, but it is a, a really fucking addictive, like tingle Absolutely. that nice little tingle. has to be nice like, little tingle. yeah, it's right. a, it's a fucked up thing. Well, so this is another like, two out of three ain't bad situation. Cause I fucking hate Taco Bell. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> hate, hate mail Charles at libations for everyone. That's okay. I don't, don't, I don't know that I'm proud of my love for Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a ride or die, but I did definitely in my twenties, uh, like my dream was to have a franchise, you know, yeah. be like, right. I really ride for this shit. They just put out the grilled stuff burrito or whatever. And I was like, this is something I want to be a part of. This is a company I believe in. <laughs> Some people get mad at me about the Taco Bell thing, like friends, like, dude, how can't you like Taco Bell? But then I have other friends who are like, that's totally cool. I'm a Taco Jones yeah, guy, exactly. too. And I'm like, nah, man, I don't like them either. It's like, like what the fuck? It's polarizing. Yes, it's I'm like, bro, I can go down on Central and get some dope-ass tacos for the same I price. I swear to God, the, the, the title for this episode has to be like, Taco Bell is like Radiohead. And we just yeah, leave exactly. it at that. And you might, you know what? Ten years from now, you might flip. You there might it be is. Getting, yeah, exactly. You never know. Uh, Taco Bell is, human beings. Cheers. Taco Bell is the Radiohead of fast food restaurants. Exactly. Oh, man. All right, so this is, 
I know I promised you that I wouldn't ask you direct qu- career no, questions, but this kind of is. So obviously through all of, all of your time in music in multiple different forms, you've traveled around a lot as you've played gigs. Is there a city that you've played in that you desperately wish you could have just explored and hung out in? Or conversely, have you ever traveled somewhere and like just on a vacation and been like, fuck, why can't we play here? Mm, great question. Um, it's like, I don't have like the, the winner answer, but it's always New Orleans. Like I've, and I've gotten to play there a lot. And every time I've been there, I was like, this is insane that I'm going to spend three hours in the green room, play a show, go to a hotel, and then we're going to leave tomorrow for Austin or whatever the fuck or, or Chapel Hill. Um, and because of that, like tease, I finally just booked a, a vacation in New Orleans and because we were going there early on like we the first band i played in was called the plastic constellations indie rock band um and so this is like in our heyday maybe early 2000s we were on french kiss records in new york we were we were opening up for the hold steady on their first southern tour and katrina happened and we got rerouted to baton rouge but um a bunch of kids came up from new orleans and we're like we ended up having a day off the next day and they were like was this wait was this your first trip to new orleans or yeah it was my first time ever in new orleans uh and so they 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 were like come with us they had come up to baton rouge they're like come with us tomorrow we want to actually show you our city like you know it's devastated but it's also still beautiful and and we're like we're not leaving it um and so we did we the next day we drove down there um and they gave us the fucking the real deal tour you know and there's you know ninth wards gone like everything um and so that is obviously super dramatic you know backdrop to my love affair with the city but like um but yeah that that was it and it was like oh my god and we were just there for an afternoon right because i think then we i don't know if we still had our hotel in baton rouge but like it, it was just like a half day you know and then um and then it's rare as you're touring, at least at that time, like New Orleans was still, it was an amazing party town, but it was a really tough town for like indie bands to play. I mean, the South was just difficult for us Northerners, like yeah. tough to navigate. So, you know, Austin was a stronghold, maybe Chapel Hill and Florida was like no man's land. Fuck it. You know, it's like, just so fucking weird about everything. It's, crazy. Like, it's just a different country. Unless you're like Limp Bizkit, a Limp Biscuit band or whatever at that time. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, all right, we just got to drive for two days and get to Austin and then we'll do the West coast or whatever. Um, but as Doom, and so even like the Doomtree shows there, you know, we would play not, this is not bragging, but like we'd have sold out shows everywhere. And sometimes like over a thousand, a thousand people, whatever, 1500 people. And then you go to New Orleans and you play for like 200 people and, and it's humbling, but it's also like, God, I want this one. I want this one more than any of them. Cause I fuck with the city so hard. Um, so for me, that's always been like. I think that like my you know like my heart lives in San Francisco or whatever the fuck like I I dream about somehow at the end of my life like ending up down there if it still exists it's fucking amazing and everything from the the food to the people to the culture to the whatever like the history it's just like that's it that like totally that's the one and that is and I have been really fortunate to to travel the world like I've never seen a city like that doesn't it's exist. unbelievable. Doesn't it's exist. unbelievable that that's a part of our country. Um, I think that every time I'm there, like, there's always something new that happens. I've been fortunate enough to, I think I've been down there six times or seven times. 
And every time I'm down there, there's something new that I've never seen before that knocks me on my ass and makes me go like, how the fuck is this? Yeah. How, how are not more people here? Yes. Like, this should be as crazy busy as New York is just for all the food, the music, the wild cultural shit, the blending of everything. Yeah. And then it, like, then I'm also equally glad that it's not. Right. You're like, yeah, somehow, and they've somehow maintained, and certainly it might have taken a massive hurricane to level that out, but, like, they've maintained this, this weird thing of, like, tourism, but also authenticity and, like... Uh, history and culture and all that shit. Yeah, it's the one. It's realistically the one place in mainland continental United States that has a semblance of a real homegrown culture. Yeah, yeah. And I know that it's a. That's a great way are, to put there it. There are other things that contribute to that. Not all of the French Cajun stuff was born there, right? But in eventuality, it became its own culture, and it's the most culturally rich place in the United States. Oh my God, amazing. Authentically, you know? And I will like, say, there's New York culture, like Hawaii, that's not mainland. But right. sure. Hawaii has culture, of course, but that's also like Samoan stuff. But New Orleans in Louisiana, as it, it, if, if, uh, if someone's coming from Europe and wants to travel somewhere in the U.S. and say, hey, show me somewhere in America that has like homegrown culture, like a yeah. real culture. I'm sorry, I love the Twin Cities, but they're not going to find it here. You've got to send them nowhere to close to here. Yeah, I used to. I used to say that it was like the Galapagos Islands for people. Gee, that's a great. That's you know, great. like it, it. There, there are attitudes and and ways of looking at life that exist there that don't exist anywhere else on Earth. Yeah, and I love that. And there's just a, like a, a sense of of like being. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Everyone is just like. Okay, I mean, this is a super grand generalization, but just it just feels that way. It just feels okay. I mean, they call it the Big Easy, right? But like, it does. It just feels like things just exist. And sure, there's like insane. It's an insanely corrupt city, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I don't know. There is something very different about. It. And I will say too, this uh, in February, I actually went to Miami for the very first time. I'd never been, uh, and I got a, a very different but similar sense. You know, I mean, that is like a insane melting pot, obviously. But like. Um, I was just like, oh, wow, this does not feel like America in a really cool way. Yeah. Uh, and the same way that I felt about New Orleans. Um, so I, I'm excited to go back to Miami when all this COVID shit is over. How about you guys? Yeah, Charles, uh, work or travel, is there any city that inspired yeah. you to do the opposite? New Orleans is a great answer, and it was the one that occurred to me if I were to say a U.S. city. Because I went there with a group of friends who are girls when I was 24. They were doing a girls' trip. And I was going for a job interview uh, for a, a design firm. Amazing. And Perfect I ended up storm. spending right. most of the time by myself exploring and eating. But I was 24. Like, I didn't really know what I liked as much as I do now. Though I will say, here's one thing. Don't let anybody ever tell you not to go to Cafe du Monde and do no, beignets and Fuck that. They're coffee. amazing. Because people say, don't do that, man. It's too touristy. That's Fuck bullshit. That. You have to do it. Yeah. You got to go. And like, just do the French Quarter also. Yeah. All the shit yeah, is tight. Yeah, for sure. There's so many, like, historical eateries, like, fine dining, uh, uh, like, diner houses. Yeah. Dinner houses that I would go to if I were to return. A friend and myself were supposed to book a trip there. Uh, about two years ago, they just never materialized. I think we were just like, oh, flights are too expensive. We'll do it later because yeah. they're like 600 bucks or something. We should have just gone. But I, when I went, it was pre-Katrina. Yeah. And I, I would, I mean, now we're so far removed. I think that it would be great to show that city support. It needs it. 
regardless of how far away we are from Katrina, because disasters continue to occur and will continue to occur. And like you said, you don't know if it's going to be there when you're old enough to retire. There's no telling. And with, with climate change, it's, it's likely that it'll be very different than it is today if it still exists. No question. My real answer, though, would be, this is a weird answer. I have a place in Batroun, Lebanon. You land in Beirut, but we always leave right away. When I land in Beirut, I get in the fucking cab, and I'm trying to get home because it's another 90-minute drive after having traveled for 18 hours. Yeah. I've spent very little time in Beirut, but Beirut is an amazing city. It's just that my Lebanon is the sleepy coastal town down the western seaboard of the Mediterranean because I just want to get to the condo, unpack my bags, sure. go sit on the balcony and have a, a drink of scotch and smoke a cigar. But like, I have it in my head, and this summer it would have happened for sure, but last summer when we went... And we had our reception there, like we had our with my family. I was like, dude, next time we come to Lebanon, on the outro, we got to go to Beirut and get a really nice hotel and spend like two, three days. And then we don't have to worry about the commute to the airport. We just get an right. Uber and we're like right there. Just instead of like the 90-minute drive where you don't know what traffic's going to be like. So you're like, let's go eight hours early like an old dad or something. You know, like, we got to go, guys. Hurry up. We're, the flight's in nine and a half hours. I want to I wanna slow roll it and then go spend some time in Beirut and try some of, like, the award-winning cuisine there. It's an, it's an incredible city with tons of history, and I've spent very, very little time there. I want to spend, like, some extended time exploring it and, like, knowing more about my people's culture despite the fact that my family is from the mountains down the seaboard. Yeah. That's a great answer. Oh, my God. I want that for you. Yeah. Come on, COVID. <laughs> Come on. Let's get this it. shit moving. This, Come on, this, Pfizer. Is this where I have to just roll out the fact that the, our friendship has just been a real slow troll to get an invite to Batroon <laughs> exactly. because I'm obsessed with getting Yo, to go there with I somebody I have so many friends there. who invited themselves to Lebanon, and I'm like, let's go. And no one has taken me oh, up on it. I will well, be I the just, pack I might fucking sign bag. this. Is this like a, yeah, this is Blood Brothers hey, shit right three here? Three-bedroom, three-bathroom condo, dude. Dude, like, let's go. That's, people can, people can hang. <laughs> I'm legitimately in. Yeah. I was gonna, I, that was going to be my, my, my question was, like, have you guys done that together? No. Not yet. Not not yet. Not yet. Well, we, we, both, we both had to get million. married, and then we both had to pay that off. And now you got to walk the streets of Batroon with me and eat euros. That's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> um, when, when, when I was thinking about this question, you know, I was like, shit, i got to answer this too. And my first thought was, I'm a little bit bummed that I let my DJ career end and I never played Vegas. Like, I'm not remotely relevant enough now, and I don't have any sort of way of building that back right because it's it's also completely changed there like now it's all just giant headliners that get twenty thousand dollars per gig the vegas that i fell in love with going out there and being in the booth with my boys like dj scene and and jomaz and splice and sprite like i loved being able to stand in the booth and watch it and every now and then they give me a mic to like hype the crowd and i always thought that would be cool but that that vegas is now gone so it's like uh and honestly, the, the other city that came to mind was Tallinn, Estonia. I spent two Deep weeks cut. there, but I was working the whole time. So I was on a program um, working with the, um, the EU consulate, and they were, um, they were wooing Norway, which is why I was there. But then Sweden had joined the EU, and Estonia was trying to get in, but they were still westernizing their economy. And so, you know, they were only at that point, so this was, 99. So they were seven years removed, basically, from, from so how Soviet. How were you at that point? Uh, I was 20. Amazing. And, and you're uh, in Estonia. Yeah. 
it was I, I have no idea why because it was all grad students that were with us I have no idea why they let us even do anything but it was such an amazing learning experience that I didn't even notice that I didn't I didn't do anything touristy I worked for 14 days straight and then flew back home Love it. Yeah, every time you're getting into it, really deeply personal. Yeah, it's, it's, literally, this is I need this in my regular life. Yeah, but um, slow it down to half speed. Yeah. But it was like when I got on the plane to leave, I, I was just so heartbroken because I realized as we were leaving, I didn't find anything on my own. Everything that we got, we had been brought to in a really nice like black stretched car sure uh everywhere that we went we had like the security had already taken care of it we had done all this shit and i never we went out to a couple bars but like i never got to chill in like a neighborhood pub i never got to go to a grocery store to see how people live and like like what's on the shelves i never got to just listen to like what what kids are listening to there you know yes and i would give anything to be able to go back and just wander the streets there because it's it's um it's a city that was a part of the hansa merchant empire in like the 13 14 and 1500s and so all of those cities they're all coastal and they all have this really cool um, infrastructure in the middle of the like castles and giant buildings, and yeah. then you have this giant sort of Soviet esque city built around it, and then outside of that, you have all these like Victorian age homes. So you have all of these massive eras, yeah, layers, yeah. and and you walk two blocks and you're in a new one, and like to to look out the apartment that they rented for us, to look out the window this way, and see basketball hoops that were literally made out of concrete like can you imagine anything more soviet than that amazing that's out this window this is working for us it's just you know so that's out this window and then if you looked out the other window it was um the rampart for a castle that was built in the 1400s that still sits there and i walked up to the top of the castle once at night after everybody else had gone to bed because i wanted to do a thing yeah you got your thing in but sitting on that plane i was like i just wasted two weeks yeah. Like I did all the work that I was supposed to, but for me as a person, I wasted that entire time. I, I couldn't tell you what anybody eats there. I couldn't tell you because everywhere we went, they had like meals prepped out for totally. us and all that. And I, every time I think about that area, I'm just bummed that I fucked that up. So at some point, you're getting back. I'm going to get it back. Exactly. You're going to get it back. It's cool that even at 20, though, on the plane ride home, you could you could recognize what you had like not gotten. Because I feel like that comes so much with age. Like. And I'm, I'm sensing it myself already at 38, like everyone that, you know, when I was in high school was like, travel, travel, you know, because you only you're only built for this shit when you're young and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whatever, I'll travel later. I'm broke. I need to, like, make some money. And then we tell these stories, right? Yep. We're just like, fuck. Damn remember, it. You're <laughs> like, I have all this history in Lebanon. I've never even fucking spent time in the major city like that. Like, right. Um, and, and we'll get on to the next one. But in a similar way, I. Five years ago, I went, my, my sister, my only sibling, is adopted from Seoul, South Korea. And five years ago, my, me and her and our parents went to meet her. She found her birth parents. Finally. Wow. So we went and, and we met her birth parents, her birth siblings. Wow. And we spent, I spent a week with them. Uh, but again, Seoul was like similar to Beirut for you, like, you know, we were there for a couple of days and we did all the, the really touristy stuff. But then we went to where they actually live. And, and then I went home because I had newborn and my sister and my parents stayed for another two weeks. And they went even deeper, like into the country. Um, 
but Seoul is another one of those places because it was just like, oh, we didn't have any. I was here for like two days, and and it was just like, you know, yes, yeah, so you got a taste, and you'd like, right? To see what I was it's like, but about. oh my god, all this history. You know, my sister was in Korean culture camp here. We have a huge population of adopted Koreans from the from the eighties and early nineties here in Minnesota. Yeah, I and so there was Korean culture camp when I was in high school. Yeah, similar. Yep. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I still don't know all the details of how that played out. Like yeah. a lot of like Christian kind of weird yeah. adoption missionary shit. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's another one of those places. Well, can, can I, do you mind? Can, uh, fuck time. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can, how, so my, my brothers are adopted. Okay. And uh, uh, unfortunately last year Will passed away, but yeah. Tony, um, neither one of them ever had any interest in finding their birth mom. Yeah. How, how was that experience for your sister? Oh my God. I mean, I think she, uh, I, yeah, it's hard to speak for her. She, she was similar. She had no interest. Um, you know, often would refer to herself as like, uh, we grew up in the suburbs of Minneapolis Hopkins. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, she's like, I'm a suburbs girl. I'm like, a, I'm like a white girl over here or whatever. And, and she didn't really have a lot of interest in, in that heritage outside of, she didn't have a lot of interest in finding her birth parents. Sure. Or necessarily even going to Korea. She had kind of, you know, her identity was wrapped up in, in here. Um, and, and then I think in her late, so she's just turned 34. Um, but yeah, in her late 20s, it, she just felt that kind of pull. You know, I think that just comes yeah. with age and with acceptance. And, sure. you know, certainly like, like, you know, I would assume all adoptees, um, she struggled her whole life with um, that feeling of like, am I wanted or being, you know, being kicked to the curb or, you know, trying to make up for this thing. Like, am I adequate? Am I good enough? And, and I think she had found her, her person who's now her husband and, and she just like just age yeah. and, and experience. And she was like, you know what? Now I'm ready. Um, and it was amazing to watch because, uh, from the sidelines, you know, I, here I am like her white Minnesotan brother. That's just like, let's fucking go to Korea. Let's do this shit. It's fucking awesome. But she wasn't ready. So, you know, like, so we were just like, yeah, whenever, whenever you're ready, if you're ready, whenever, you know, and then, and then it happened and it happened pretty quickly after that. And then, and I mean, oh my God, to, to also have a, um, a plane ticket in that, like, you know, I would, we would have all fully understood if she was like, I'm going to do this first trip on my own, yeah. but to be invited and then to also be fully accepted in, um, to her, her birth family and to like do that. I mean, they barely speak English and it was a week in a minivan with these two families. Like we were yeah. going back to like caveman shit. Like we were <laughs> doing the like grunting and like, you know, pantomiming, whatever, like directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you go deep into your, your bag of tricks to pull out some weird like fart joke or something yeah. just that we can all be connected in some, some thing. So, um, yeah, truly. I mean, I mean, I can't even, she's gone back, a, I think at least once, maybe twice since sure. with, with some, um, some friends who are also, korean-american that were adopted and and she's actually gone back with some of the, those people who have gone to meet their birth parents for the first time so now she's oh, almost cool. like this conduit of like wow. experience it's just nice. such a wild uh a wild deal it's always been you know obviously like i i don't i don't know what that feels like yeah but i am such like i'm so curious about everything i just can't imagine not wanting to know like i spent right. four fucking weeks trying to figure out what the the baritone sack sample at the end of gold digger is like i will yes. go to the ends of the fucking earth totally to figure out a trivial piece of of knowledge yeah exactly. i have to be yeah. and it drives me crazy when my brother tony's like yeah i don't really give a shit yeah, like, that, that seems to be in your how? character and i would say yeah there are probably two types there are people yeah. who never want to know 
they're like, no, I, I'm this good. Is, this is it. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. This is my yeah. life here. And I totally get that side too. But yes, I, but I'm, I'm probably more with you. I'm on like, but let's fucking find out. Yeah. Like, I don't need to do anything afterwards. I just have to know. And then right. once we know, then like, okay. We're but good. also, and I will say to that too, it's like I had to check my, my own self many times. Cause I was like, those aren't my, like, these are not my identity issues that I've struggled with my whole life. Those aren't the parent, those aren't my actual birth parents that I don't know why they, you know, gave me up for adoption yeah. or whatever. And so, like, that type of, like, deep fear and um, sometimes maybe resentment and sometimes insecurity and whatever, like, that is, it's easy as I get older, too, to recognize on the sidelines. Yeah. It's like, let's fucking go to Seoul. Like, we don't awesome. have any, Let's eat street food and fucking hang out with your parents. Like, here's, here's a possibly weird question, but it just occurred to me. Do you maybe, did you maybe look at them as, like, an aunt and uncle you never knew because they're your sister's it was parents. intense to be like you know what I mean like how do you that's yeah. a weird connection it yeah. was intense to meet H, her brother I'm like I'm her brother but it, it, there was no like yeah. uh, it was just like a really kind of a, a really it was spiritual it was just like oh my god we're both her brother like wow. you know like and to see my parents meet her parents and is is like uh, it feels like um, you're on drugs yeah I don't really know how else to explain it you're just like how is this real and, and there's so much and and also just the, like, the physical, uh, like, oh, my God, yeah, that's your dad. I can see him in you, and that's your mom. And, like, and to just, like, be at a museum and be like, holy shit. Like, that's it's some so really wild. heavy oh. um, and beautiful and complicated shit. So, anyways. Man. We went on an adoption. Well, that's a, <laughs> I, if that's a cheers, if I've ever heard yeah, one. I also no just question. cracked the code on why Quam likes onions after his explanation of having to peel back the layers on everything. Yeah. Huh? Oh, absolutely. There it is. Huh? There it is. There it is. Right. That's my, well, my own philosophy. Shrek. Cheers, guys. mushrooms. To onions, sorry. And to mushrooms. And to mushrooms. <laughs> that's a whole different line of questioning that we can talk about after this podcast is done. Shout out, Portland. <laughs> Shout out to Portland. <laughs> Uh, uh, Charles, do you want to take us home? Do I? Let's, uh, let's circle back around to music. I love it. So nobody listens to just one genre of music. You have evidence. Anymore. You do not. Right. I mean, some people do, but those right. are the people that we were talking about earlier that <laughs> define themselves by certain things. Anyways, what is some shit you get down to that people would be surprised to know? Mm. So I've been kind of like... Uh, if we're all gonna, if we're going to talk about personal brands, let's get I've real. I've kind of built mine on being a, a open book on all this shit and kind of like mm-hmm. doubling down on the shit that's embarrassing. Okay. So publicly, I don't know if there's a whole lot out there where people would be surprised by. Um, I, I probably still have have not fully revealed my deep admiration for like new country music. <laughs> I did not okay. think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to go for some AJ and Allie, like, pop Oh, I mean, fun that, stuff. that's, like, a no-brainer. Like, I'm wearing... I uh, didn't even know about the, the hat country I thing. took off before I put on my Russian vodka hat was a Carly Rae Jepsen dad hat. Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm, like, all in on the... I've yeah, gone yeah. full in on all that shit. AJ and Allie, for sure. But, like, the shit that I'm still, like, a little embarrassed to admit sometimes in certain company is, like... I fucking love Rodney Atkins. Like, I love, like, deep-cut new country guys that sing most of their songs about their tractors and shit. Like, it is very strange. And granted, it only comes out in the summer when it's, like, you know, you're riding the back roads Time to somebody's cabin. Situation. Yeah, okay. you know? And, and all of a sudden, you're just like, this just feels right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that shit, that's one that, like, 
usually I can skate by with like, oh yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen. She's still kind of got like a, a pinky toe in the cool kid circle yeah. or, or whatever. R and B is like, well, yeah, sure. Um, the country thing is polarizing for a lot of people. I'm about- st- I'm still not there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying. I I'm got, not proud of it. I got Keith Urban. Yeah, because a friend of mine, I was a shredder, just absolutely laying into him about how bad like new country is, and then he brought a DVD over to my house, and I watched that dude play somebody like me. Yeah, and I think that's the one where in the middle of the song he down tunes yes. his string, and that was the baddest fucking shit I had ever seen in my life. That guy's a legit like superhero on guitar and i'm still obsessed with him i i don't tell anybody about that <laughs> no, i don't do don't think i've ever even talked about that on an interview <laughs> before but I'm, I'm with you there yeah and then uh there's another dude named gary allen oh i don't even who, know gary allen. um i don't even i don't even know if you could consider him new he's like doing old country but now kind of thing okay, gotcha. um but he has there's a song called watching airplanes about um girl left him and is leaving town and he drove to the airport and he's watching the airplanes take off and uh the chorus is i'm just sitting out here watching airplanes take off and fly wondering why you don't love me anymore and it's just like it's so yeah. heartbreaking like there's no there's no yeah. metaphor for it nope i'm literally watching planes no take off and fly and just wondering why you don't love me and there's no resolution yeah. there's no maybe i'll find happiness the song just ends. Bleak. And there's this dude named Tim Sigler who does, he's the only cover country act that I know of in Minnesota. And he murders oh, that amazing. fucking song. Amazing. Like he does great at a bunch of other shit. But he played that song and I watched half the crowd leave because they were looking for like Garth Brooks sure. and shit. Sure. And all of a sudden, You're I, I also, by the way, was the DJ in between the sets. Yeah. So trying to figure out how to get a bunch of like country fans to dance to like hip hop awesome. and R&B. Yeah, totally. Really weird. You're like, do I just play Nelly in Georgia, Florida? <laughs> I mean, line basically. Or yeah. Georgia line? Uh. Uh, but then, then he played that song and I realized at that moment that I knew every lyric of it. Amazing. It's oh. amazing. New country. Don't, <laughs> you know. Charles, I want to know your answer to this question. Well, you kind of already know my answer. So. Listen, the way this is formed is not necessarily things that are embarrassing that you enjoy. It's yeah. things that people will be surprised yeah. to know you enjoy. Oh, sure. So, that's, oh. that's true. That's true. So we've talked, like, I think it was the first episode we talked about my affinity for new metal. When I was a teenager, yes. I was desperate for new rock music. There was fucking none for, like, there was a void for a very long period for of sure. time. So, yeah, I'll level with you. I still love Old Olympus, Get Old Corn, Power yes, Man dude. 5000, Static X. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold, like all that shit from that time. It, uh, is Linkin Park considered part of that, or is that kind of certainly? Like a, yeah. yeah, I mean they're all like some of it's like rap rock. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Linkin Park. I'll sing along to the fucking first first album. Yeah. When Demi and Maya comes out to Linkin Park for a UFC fight, yeah, I get kind of pumped up. It's it fits like that's him. He comes out to Linkin Park. I I was I su- like the sound of it. Not to hijack your answer with Linkin Park, but I was really surprised when Chester died. Uh, how like all the indie kids and everybody, all the rap kids, everyone came out. And was like, holy shit! Yeah, like, this is big. That guy meant a lot sure. to me. Like, and I was like, wow, I didn't. I never. At the time, I was kind of making fun of new metal. I guess or it's akin rock. to the '80s proposition where, when when it was happening, it seemed cooler than it really was, and then when we were slightly removed, I was like, no nah, man, I only listen to death metal. Don't fucking talk to me. But then now that we're, like, fully removed, you can say, dude, $3 bill, y'all, was yeah. fucking great. Counterfeit is, it's you, so that, the guitar line on Counterfeit is fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's good, and it's, Wes, it's whatever his it's name, Wes, Wes Warland. Warland. 
Yeah. Dude, that oh that that song to this day is I think it's still on my current like Amazing. current jams playlist. Yeah. That song's you on like there because that that's a fucking badass song. Is it West Borland that went super Christian and like went and flipped it? One of those guys. No, no head those from guys. it was Korn. head from Corn. Oh, uh, head, head. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got asked, uh, I was in a print interview like six months ago and I got asked, it was a bunch of questions about beer and shit. And then, um, one of the questions was, we heard you were a DJ. Is there a song that could make you cry? Which is a hilarious thing to ask a DJ because <laughs> no, in, in, in relation to DJ, absolutely not. They're Crying all in the DJ booth is a great country yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There it is. That's the, that's new, new country. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, sure. uh, the first thing that came to my my head, and it still does get me choked up, was um, on the the Family Values tour. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh yeah, when it was like Limp Bizkit and Corn and Primus, Ice Cube and all that shit. Deftones. Um, it was like Method Man and Red Man on that. Yep. Did they have one? one? Year, yep. Yeah. Right, because those guys were on the Limp Bizkit song. Uh, yeah. For a few of the dates, it overlapped with Stone Temple Pilots. Oh my god! And they played together, and uh, Stone Temple Wait, Pilots. Was that here? No, it was well. At it least is. the version that I know is from a show in Florida. Okay, but oh, um, like he has a song. Metal, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, Scott Weiland has a song called "Wonderful," and Chester Bennington came out and sang it with him. And like a third of the song, he's in falsetto singing harmonies with wow. with Scott Weiland, and it's still to this day like it gets a lump in my throat immediately. If you watch the video of it, at the very end, they sit down next to each other, and Scott just puts his head on Chester's oh. shoulder. Is that and why he became the singer of STP when they kicked Wyland out? Yeah, there was, could have been that performance. They were, they were all oh, they were I all didn't super even tight. Know that. that. Yeah, happened? and then he died too. So yeah. right now, yeah, he the, covered he covered some tour. Year. No shit. Yeah. Right, and Scott died right across the street from the Mall of America in Correct. Bloomington. It's uh, just it was like oh that one. That song, like, go go listen to it. It's it's absolutely worth wow. it. I I would assume it's on Spotify. If not, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, it is so fucking beautiful, and it's now looking back on it, it's two people hoping they could sing the lyrics enough that they believe it. Right, totally. and just we know how it ended for pain both of them. and yeah. suffering, and yeah. that's another throwback I've been listening to a lot recently. SDP. Dude, I just I I was playing which record th- purple tape or where the uh, everything I yeah. was playing uh, on. We've been visiting uh, my now deceased friend's cabin a, a little bit, like just spending time there and long road trips. You know, it's a four hour drive. You're just like, what else are we going to play? I can't play my uh, true crime podcast because Marnie just says ew every three seconds. <laughs> and I can't play my own podcast because that's narcissistic. <laughs> right, that's narcissistic. So you would be wrong. But Kanye just listened weird. to his own beats. Yeah, yeah I do that weird. shit. I get so it. Spotify started doing this thing, which is actually hyper effective. They try to guess what you listened to when you were younger when Spotify didn't exist. And they're fucking good at it, yeah, dude. I bet they nailed so, the algorithm. Oh, yeah, yeah, so all kinds of alternative was popping up that was shit that I listened to when I was in high school. And I heard some SDP and I was like, dude, I used to fucking obsess over SDP. And so I started listening to them in the kitchen while I was cooking. And I just I was on a whole thing for a couple of weeks there where I was literally only listening to them when yeah. I was prepping. Yeah, dude, I, that's great. I I haven't come back around on core yet, but mm-hmm. I absolutely for the last year, purple and yeah. tiny music from the Vatican gift shop. Yeah, both of those are still in my rotation. They hold up. Yeah, I remember like, I bought the purple album cassette at a Circuit City. <laughs> Like, yes. like yes. the brand new Circuit City. I was like, oh, I have to have it. I think that's where I bought mine. Yes. <laughs> I wonder how many it's pretty purple common tapes they the went time. through at that Circuit City. All of them. 
Uh, that is fun. And who it was like? Was it brother guitar players? The yeah. Delio brothers. The Delio. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was two brothers that were the guitar and bass, and then another uh, drummer. What a and then time. Scott. Like, yeah. Just now, looking back, being like the most popular music in the world was just like rock. <laughs> it's just been so long. It's been so long that it, it's almost like it feels like an embarrassment yeah. that we look back on. And you're like, no, that was the fucking shit, and that's like. Well, and Scott sang for the Guns N' Roses offshoot, right? Yeah, what was that, that called? Uh, uh, no, not Audio Slave. That was, um, oh my God. A huge band that was like, yeah, he I can't is Axl Rose, basically. It was like Scott Weiland and, anyways, I don't know shit about this. This is like. <laughs> no, I know the band you're talking about. I'm so mad at myself for not knowing we'll this right it. now. We'll fill it in. Yeah. This will be the first time you edit the podcast. <laughs> we edit it. Quam uh, <laughs> came in out of nowhere. I know dub. exactly what you're talking about, Beak. <laughs> obvious overdub. Yeah, exactly. Was it something roses? Was it st- no? God damn it! I, I guarantee you, like a three or four of my friends right now are just screaming at the stereo. Was like, "Fuck you, Guam! Yeah, yeah. No, you know it was this." Something like really bad. It was like Buck Cherry, but not Buck Cherry. Like, yeah, uh. motherfucker. Anyways, All right, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll edit it in. It'll be fine. It's uh, the beauty of a podcast. I don't know if I've brought this up, but no, I feel like you just yell at their car stereo. <laughs> Sometimes that's fun you too. Idiots, people. To get back to the question, I feel like I should throw my shit out there. Yes. Uh, people that know me really closely know this about me, but like people that I interact with like day-to-day at work, uh, I, I will guarantee you that I have a deeper acapella choir library than anyone Ooh. that either of you know. That wow. is my, it is my dirty I shame. One, just by saying it out loud, I don't <laughs> think I could name anybody. It's, uh, it, I, I was in choir in high school and in college, and there is something about the power of only voices yeah. singing in a room together. Uh, Are we talking like Mormon Tabernacle? Or yeah, what? yeah. I mean, yeah. I got I got that side of it. I got like the what the real people that did Glee. Like yeah. I have that side of it where they're doing pop covers. Um, if you really pressed me, my favorite. My favorite song of all time is "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys. Yeah. But if you told me what in my opinion, is the most beautiful song of all time. It's Franz Babel's Ave Maria. Wow. It's like a six and a half, seven minute song. And it is, to me, like, that's the closest that I'll ever get to, like, church or feeling yeah. like the spirit. Yes. And I got my senior year in, college, in high school, we were lucky enough to tour Europe as a choir. And we sang an entire concert at St. Mark's Piazza in Venice, Italy. And Jesus. we did that Ave Maria. Jesus. And I was watching like old Italian people like wiping away tears as we're like the dudes are walking around with like the bird on the, totally. the puppet strings and shit trying to sell it. <laughs> and we just had this one quiet moment on that same tour. We did a full concert at um, the cathedral where they get married in Sound of Music. Yeah. And we literally got to walk out through the graveyard where they're running from the Nazis and that was another one. Um, we sang uh, a German song when we were there, and like two rows of adorable old women were like sobbing. Yeah, and it was I, there's it's it's Powerful. a weird side part of my life that doesn't exist because you can't sing in a choir unless it's affiliated with a church. That we just don't have them. Totally. So I I don't get to do it anymore. And it's it's like every now and then I'll go to like a church service with my mom or whatever, and that's all I'm there for. Like, yeah. just hit me with just the choir shit. Pick up the hymn book yep. and go for it. I'm going to start just, a Cthulhu choir just for you. Yeah. 
like I, I was going to say, I mean, that. you might be onto something. Honestly, like I would, yeah, I'd be surprised. We had a weren't. we had a crew. We had we're like, at the historic PNA Hall right now. Come we could, on, we could do we're it. right up there. And the acoustics are incredible here. Oh, right they're up real there, nice. Man. Yeah, they're real nice. We um, we had uh, five or six of us for like a month or two. Really tried to get it together, but you can't. You have to get like twenty if you really want to go for like a big yeah. sound. Yeah. And I'm nowhere near talented enough to be a part of like a small choir. <laughs> I mean, singing, like, I, I never had, I've never had a range. I can, you know, I screamed in my indie rock band, and so I've always been, like, I've been the guy that's always, like, I'm going to take voice lessons someday because it just seems so amazing to be able to use your voice as an instrument like that. So I was a band kid. I played saxophone. I wasn't in choir. Um, but, yes, everyone I've talked to that, that was a part of choir was, like, there's nothing, because you can't do it on your own. Like, the same way I talk about collaboration with other producers or artists, it's, like, the beauty of collaboration is you get something that you couldn't have made on your own, right? Totally. So you get that every time with choir. You get that hit every time. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I ran into, um, I was up in Duluth, and uh, the quarterback for my high school football team lives up there with his wife and his family. And we got together and had a beer and just kind of caught up. And we were, we were talking about, like... He loves that you refer to him as that, by the way. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, it's, the, the, like, yes. the best part about it is, like, it. <laughs> is oh, that yeah. we all we still see each other in those roles because we don't, we never get to hang out. Like after high school, we didn't really talk. There wasn't social media. I didn't have his email address, like whatever. So whenever we meet up, when we are explaining to other people who we are, we have to resort to like high school shit. And then it's like, and then 20 years later, we're friends on Facebook. So here we are. Um, But we were, we ended up talking about, so he was a tenor and I'm a bass and we were next to each other. Like that was where the sections were divided. And in Franz Babel's Ave Maria, the tenor line goes so absurdly high. And I would quit singing every single time at that moment because I wanted to hear Mike hit that note. And he fucking nailed yes. it every time. And uh, I told him that oh, I listened mo- to this it. This is an indie film right here <laughs> right? in the making. Like I told the him, football quarterback. Oh, dude. It was, I, I, I existed in the weirdest cocoon ever. All of the athletes were in AP classes. It was cool to be in choir and theater. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I have such a weird, unique high school wow. experience. It's just maddening. But uh, I, t- <laughs> I told him, I was like, I had that song on on my drive up to Duluth. And I still stop singing. Amazing. 20 years later, Amazing. I still stop singing You're because for him. I want to hear that part because that note, it's a note that's like two octaves higher than anything my dumbass could ever hit. And it's so pretty. And I was like, it's so odd that like all these years later, there's nobody sitting next to me. Nobody else is right, singing along right. with this. But I still shut the fuck up for five seconds to hear this gorgeous crystal clear note. Wow. Did you, <laughs> I feel like you need to at some point just like, ring his doorbell and just be started you're singing that song already you're just like join me uh odd odd here for this odd callback we are we are recording this at the pna hall which by the way yes. if you're looking to do anything the historic pna hall when right now if you want to do a small gathering otherwise when yes. covid restrictions are lifted if you want a piece of minneapolis history oh my god one of the most beautiful sounding rooms on earth yeah, Check out the P&A rad. Hall right here in Northeast Minneapolis. No question about I want to expound on that. Well, I was just going to say that one of the reason that we're here is because of a gentleman named Jaron Turley, who is also in that choir. Yes. And Jaron and I oh. have done that in my car. Ultimate we have sang it, back. and we both fucking oh, remember shit. every lyric. That's Amazing. awesome. I also wanted to say that right next door is a restaurant that Jaron is a part of as well. So dope. Called Northeast Social that does excellent food. I actually told a friend this week who said, it's my birthday. I want to do something fun for dinner. 
I'm worried about going out. What can I do? I said, dude, get the steak dinner from Northeast Social, yep. which is criminally cheap. Like, I'm not going to quote how cheap it is, but it's way cheaper than that dinner should be. Steak, it's Taco Bell level mashed cheap. potatoes, and then I, th- I think it's broccoli with like some red pepper flake, if I remember exactly. We've ordered it a few times throughout this pandemic, but it's like it's criminally cheap because it's a legit steakhouse steak dinner, and everything else they make is badass too. They got a fantastic burger, yep. shoestring, super crispy shoestring fries. They're fucking awesome. So consider them, call them direct. They will deliver in Northeast. Uh, or pick it up. Yep. That's always the way to do it. But yeah, they're they're great and that's, they deserve your support. That's awesome. I walked by it on my way to the PNA Hall and I had I have not been there. Oh, it's so it's really one of those good. restaurants like when people dinner. ask me about like like what's a hidden jewel in yeah. the city? I always say this. I um 11 years ago, I lived five houses down the road on 13th and 4th. Oh, and it was right when this with the three three one club. Oh my god, that's a big problem. You know the funny part though? I spent more time at Northeast Social than I did at three three one or at Is Sheridan right? or at Urte. I just fell in love with that place, and it's always intimate. It's always yeah, really it's real good. Vibey. Nice yeah. and chill, low lighting. It's everything that you want for like just a super chill yeah. night. Like it's just it's great. So yes, shouts, shouts out to them. Shouts <laughs> and PNA Hall. Not only have I witnessed many friends get married or have a reception here, but also I I got to as a high schooler. Somehow, either was snuck in, but the Flaming Lips did their boombox. I'm so jealous about this. I'm so jealous in this fucking room, like with everyone, like 40 boomboxes, and they had made all these tapes, and everyone did the fucking you know press play here, and Wayne Coyne is fucking like, oh shit, you know, doing it, and it was in this fucking room, and we were just kids from Hopkins that like stumbled into Northeast and and made our way up here. So anyway, I'm having all the feels. It, you know, in conjunction with just talking to two human beings in person, which is nice, that aren't my kids or my <laughs> wife. Um, yeah. And the bottle of vodka helps, too. So, you know, it's all, it's all working. Nice job, gentlemen. I got, to, uh, I got to bring my favorite singer-songwriter on earth here, and he played a 22-song set for, like, 20 of my friends. Amazing. And this room will forever be magic to me because we pulled that off. And we fully funded uh, a commercial kitchen for a drop-in mental health clinic in Cedar, oh, uh, right off of Cedar Ave. This, uh, this, this room is... Dope. What, what was his name? What's his name again? So his his name is Billy McCarthy. Um, yeah. He was the, the lead singer and guitar player for a group called the Augustines and a group called Pella, uh, P-E-L-A. And now he's out on his own just recording solo stuff, uh, just put out a solo album. And uh, he's... He's just magical, man. Yeah. I didn't really know any of his material except for when I was at your house that day you made brisket. You played some shit when we were hammered late at night. Yeah. And I was like, this right. is not my jam, but it's cool. <laughs> but he played this room of 20 people. Like, it was one of the shows he did with We Are Augustines. Is yep. that what they were called? That was the original like We Are one Augustines. one of their outdoor concerts with 15, 20, 30,000 people. Yeah. Jesus he played Christ. this room like he he needed us to feel it and that was fucking cool it's i he didn't mail it in he came straight from the airport too. yeah he literally right came in a car straight from the airport played went back they had a, a hotel room at the airport slept got up Gone. left uh it was actually kind of cool i just i didn't know this um i just found out a couple months ago he actually uh talked about that night in a, in a podcast Sweet. It, was, it was really, really like weird and trippy yeah. to hear. Is that meta? When yeah. you're a podcast, yeah. someone's talking about you on their podcast. <laughs> it was crazy. But um, so anyway, I, I think that's a, a great way of kind of wrapping this yeah. up. Right now, the best thing that we can do is support the places that we love in our communities. Without question. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love cooking at home. I love making food. 
But when we're all in it together, as Charles said earlier, sometimes the best thing you can do is share the, the fortune that you have, share the, the, the goodness that you have, and, and go out and make sure that you keep your favorite places open. And if you're listening to this, I don't know when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to this current day around when this was released, please be safe. Yeah. Things, things are getting dicey out there. Just please be safe. Take care of you and yours. Do things safely. One of the reasons we're recording in this giant theater is so that the three of us can space out and we have all this airspace. Yep. Uh, and if we can't do this safely anymore, then we'll take another hiatus. Fact. But please uh, take care of one another. Be safe. And, and we'll all get through this shit. And wear a fucking mask. Wear Sorry. a mask. <laughs> Nobody likes when you say, well, I'll get through this. But I said it anyway. <laughs> no, they, love it. they love it. I've been seeing uh, lots of light and love for like a year now. And I'm just I'm I'm doubling down. Yep. On it. Fucking Fuck it. Light and love, baby. Let's do this. We Fuck got yeah, this. Let's pitch. In times like these, in these uncharted waters, uh, how, Beak, how do people find you? Oh, well, uh, they it's can find me. It's gotten harder. <laughs> it's getting harder. It's getting a little harder. Uh, well, if you really want to find me and, and also support indie artists and, and blah, 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 you know, um, Doomtree does have a Patreon uh, for 10 bucks a month where you can get a lot of exclusive content and, and really just like uh, on a subscriber model, like support the same way that you might support public radio or your favorite art museum, support your favorite artists because the Spotify cents aren't doing it, you know. Um, so that's that's one way. Another way is on social media, of course, which I'm 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 barely on these days. But you can go back there. You can see some shit. Uh, <laughs> you'll see some stuff. I'm at Laserbeak generally or on Twitter. It's at underscore Laserbeak underscore because there was some Transformers fan that already had it. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, laserbeakdoomtree.net is going to be the place. And, um, and also, if you really want to get to know me, uh, I just started a YouTube channel for my kids oh, nice. called uh, Mater Family Movies. And we have two subscribers currently, and one of them is my mother. The other is my it. mother-in-law. Uh, Mater Family start Movies. somewhere. We all start at zero. Exactly. My kids, unfortunately, who have watched enough YouTube videos to know the phrases like smash that like button and... Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> subscribe in the corner without having any fucking concept of what those Smash phrases mean. Like uh, so we have six-year-old Luther who has Lou's lab where he does like science experiments. Six-year-old Cameron, his twin brother, who has Cam's corner where he does like jumps on the trampoline. And then their older sister Penny, who has Penny's projects, where she just like does she colors shit. Love the alliteration. Oh yeah, right. I know. I, I got to say. If you're a fan of Laserbeak, you're going to really like this because I not only, not to take all the credit, but it came up with those titles. <laughs> and I'm in iMovie learning as I go. You know, there's lots of crazy effects. There's exclusive Laserbeak instrumentals underneath. Star these. wipes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got some elite soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. Hell check yeah. out, go on YouTube, check out Mater Family Movies, and uh, you're in for a real treat. Go drop that 10 bucks on Patreon. Yeah, I know or, you're about, or get my new record, which is get also the record, named, but I know you're, after my daughter I know you're about Penny. to spend that, bucks, that, that 10 bucks on OnlyFans. You're going to regret that in 30 minutes. Exactly. You this spend is, it on Patreon instead. This is the new OnlyFans is, uh, <laughs> is Patreon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's different, it's old, but it's, it's kind of the same. It's actually the old. You get content, less nudes. <laughs> it's fine. Content. It's uh, you know, it's all great. All of it is great. Uh, we can't promise any photos of Beak in just the Russian hat. Yeah, not <laughs> yet. You not can't get yet. Those yet. But Wrong I'm working platform. on it. One more shutdown, and maybe we'll be. We'll there. get there. We'll get there. I'm sure of it. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Charles, hit him with the the socials. At Libations for Everyone on pretty much everything. We're on, we're on Twitter, too, but you don't need to know that because we're not even fucking using it. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, you can find you at... It came from the sea. And I am the underscore communist. So uh, we'll see you next episode. Thanks a lot. Stay safe and wear a mask. How's the
Boom.